to the Stalk and I podcast for single women considering solo motherhood by donor conception. I'm your host, Mel Johnson, the solo motherhood coach and solo mum to a three-year-old daughter. For series three of the podcast, I've interviewed a variety of people who share their personal stories, providing a collection of different perspectives of paths to parenthood. In the first episode of the series, I chat to the delightful Amy Hart. You might know Amy from Love Island or Celebs Go Dating, amongst other things, where she openly discussed her desire for a family. She subsequently shared her decision to freeze her eggs to give her more time to meet someone before embarking on solo motherhood if that doesn't happen for her. I really admire Amy for sharing so openly in the media as I think it will really help raise awareness on this extremely important topic. I did follow your journey on the island, um, but then I suppose was most interested when I saw some interviews you did on loose women talking about um, fertility, menopause, egg freezing, so lots of stuff that's super relevant for my audience. Yeah. So the people who listen to this podcast are uh, single women who are considering solo motherhood. And, you know, part of that, so many people um, have considered whether to freeze their eggs. And I know that that's something that you talked about doing and and have now gone through that journey. Do you want to just talk to me, I suppose, a little bit first about what made you consider doing this yeah I think I just want to say before I start like I don't know whether I haven't thought about it properly or whether I'm just so super super laid back because I've seen a lot of your posts and you talk about you know like it's a big decision about like solo motherhood and stuff and I was doing my research chat with loose women yesterday and they were talking about it on there and I was like yeah I've just been always been like yeah I'll do it like, so I don't know whether I'm just very naive or uh, or just too laid back, really. But um, but yeah, so I obviously am famously single. Um, and before Love Island, I always knew that I wanted kids. And, you know, I love my godchildren so much. And I've always got my mum and dad were the youngest in their friendship group. But they had kids first. All their friends got careers first and waited till they were in their 40s. So... I was sort of 10 years older than all my mum and dad's friends' kids. So at parties, I'd always be looking after all the kids. So I I used to panic a bit about like not meeting someone and not being able to have a baby. And then my mum said, you know, I would never want you to miss out on that for that reason. So I would always support you when it comes to having a baby on your own, both financially and emotionally. And I think that might be why I am so laid back about it because it was never like made a thing. It was my mum said to me like over dinner one day, I'd never want you to end like she's got friends who really regret not having children. And she's like, I'd never want you to be like that. So I would always support you. So because it wasn't made into like a thing that, like, you know, oh, well, if worst comes to worst, you can, I think because it was just a, well, you can do, there's other ways you can do that. Yeah, um, I think that um, the, the big differentiation I make is whether you're doing it on your own or not. Because what I say is, like I've not done it with a partner, but I've yeah. definitely not done it on my own because my mum's exactly the same. Yeah. She was like, yippee, finally, you're, you know, I'm going to have grandchildren and yeah. it's a massive part of my support network. And some of my friends say, you've got more support than I have. I've got my husband yeah. who's average level support. Yeah. <laughs> you've got your mum, your parents, your siblings, like you've yeah. got all these people helping you. So I don't think you necessarily naive about it I think it's about knowing if you've got 
the right people yes. to support you. So a hundred percent. And so yes, yeah, so that was always a conversation we had. So then I was, then it took a huge weight off me about having to meet someone. So then I could just enjoy my life and be like, if I meet someone fab, if I don't, I know it's going to happen. And I always said 35, 35, this magical age of 35. How old are you now? 28. Okay. But this was from, I was from when I was like 22, 23. So I don't know why in society we have this magical age of 35 that we pin everything on. And the whole, I think as well, like just on a side note, when people say, you know, if we're not married by the time we're 40, we'll get married and have a baby type thing. Like, utterly ridiculous like ridiculous I'm sorry but it is like my mum went through the menopause when she was 41 my nan was early 40s my auntie was early 40s had I had we not had these discussions I could have been like yeah I'll wait till I'm 45 to have a baby like my mum's best friend did where like that's not going to happen for me End yeah, off. I think it's so dangerous because there is quite a lot of people in the public eye who've had children late yeah haven't gone into how that's happened and so there's a perception that you can just have them into your forces yeah. and I know my audience will definitely tell you it's not always straightforward yeah. so it can be much harder. The other day a lady did my makeup for a photo shoot and um I said oh yeah she said what's the photo shoot I said, oh, egg freezing and she's like oh my god good on you for doing it I'm 45 we're trying at the moment and I just sort of took a moment and I went I'm not going to say all the usual, sh- like, can I swear? I oh, know. All yeah. the usual <laughs> people say to you about, oh, my friend had a baby at 45. My friend had a baby at 49. And, you know, did, did, have you tried? Have you? I said, so I just hope what you want to happen happens. And oh. she was like, thank you so much. Because the amount of people that, that they think they're being helpful and they're not. Anyway, back to my story. So, um, then I went on Love Island, obviously, and then happened to go on Loose Women on a day where they were talking about fertility MOTs. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely have one because, you know, early menopause in my family. Um, I would like to freeze my eggs if I need to, and I would have a baby on my own. And then, so then they sort of said, well, we're very interested in fertility MOTs. Would you like us to send you for one? I'm like, yeah, of course. Thinking, oh, I'm obviously going to get like a fine, like the result will be fine, but it'd be nice to go. You know, it's nice to be connected with Liz for men. Da, da, da. Obviously went and then went for my um, sort of follow up and he said, yes, your AMH level is eight. And I'm thinking, oh, out of 10, lovely. And he's like, so the AMH goes between six and 20. But my friend who's 34 has just been for a fertility MOT and her AMH level is 30. Oh, wow. And mine's eight. So he was like, yeah, I think if you want to freeze your eggs, now's the time. So did that. But I've learned so, I will get into all of this, I'm sure. But I've learned so much, like just through this, like three months, three, four months of of doing it. Obviously, it's been like a year, but I've only sort of really started learning the last three, four months in that, you know, my friend donated her eggs. Um, she read an article, like one of my friends, she's such a good person. She's 22 years old. Um, she read an article about how the London Egg Bank are at an all-time low for donors. So she was like, okay, cool. So she went and donated her eggs. Wow. And she got 21 eggs at 22 years old. I've just got five. And it was my third round of trying. If the legislation was different, you could freeze them for more than 10 years, I could have done it. At, I would have been ready to do it at 22, but I wouldn't have been ready to have all my children by the time I'm 32. Yeah. So I think... and like society vilifies childless women we know that 
and the fact that there's those sorts of things and the fact that you know solo women don't get any help with IVF same-sex couples don't get any help with IVF um if you if your partner's got a child who's 25 and doesn't speak to you you can't get IVF on the NHS and I think like there's so much work that needs to be done and I'm hoping that I can sort of use my platform to sort of get all that out that's why it's so brilliant because i think um yeah the more people that talk about it and if you just trigger one person in their 20s to think maybe this is something i should do because i I, um split up from a long-term relationship at 29 it did not even cross my mind to freeze my ex because i thought well i'm 29 i was like maybe I'll meet someone in the next six months so how I laugh now um (laughs) but it didn't cross my mind I just thought you know I've got plenty of time to meet someone whereas now in hindsight I'm like oh I should have frozen my eggs then and there really um a girl that I know um was and this is the thing is I think I am I have it in my in my head about always being let down by people and I don't want to put my my future of having children in the hands of like some of the men that I've met like seriously I'd be ridiculous to put my faith in them anyway a girl that I know um was on her third round of IVF about to start her fourth and then her boyfriend dumped her so they've prepaid for all this IVF and they now can't use she's had all the egg collections all the embryos are in the freezer but she can't use them and I'm like yeah no like this is why I don't hate men I do want to meet a nice one one day hopefully (laughs) but at the same time you've got to have your own back in life I'm sorry it feels very empowering to not have to rely on meeting someone and like you say I think so many of my listeners struggle with what you said at the very beginning which is just being able to enjoy their lives because they've got this time pressure and it means that dating's harder and and we're you know we're het up about it I know that was a new situation so the fact that you have been able to sort of put that to one side is fantastic yeah it means at least you can live Um, a friend of mine I think she was 31 when she had her little boy last year on her own and she um she I did an article with Grazia about egg freezing and I was talking about her and they said oh can can you put us in contact we'd love to talk to her so I did and then when I read her article back she said something in it about and I'd never thought about it before like when you're dating in your late 20s and early 30s you put up with a load of rubbish you would never ever have put up with in your early 20s because I mean I'm probably teaching your listeners to suck eggs because obviously we're all in the same boat and normally I talk to people that don't it's really I thinking about now as I'm saying it when I normally do these sorts of podcasts or talk about this on telly and stuff I'm talking to people that don't know I am literally talking to a room full of people who do know um but for anyone that's listening to this because I've shared it on my Instagram, um, you put up with all these red flags because your biological clock is ticking and it gets louder as you get older and you think, oh yeah, they do this, but I need to get pregnant, I need to have a child. If you have the baby on your own, that bit's done. And then you can just meet someone who ticks all of your boxes. You can meet the love of your life at any age, but sadly, you can't have children any age. Exactly. And I think to that point, um, people really just like to hear other people's stories and, and are like, yes, Amy feels the same as I feel. <laughs> like it's just a normal feeling because I think part of the reason why I think it's great that you're sharing it is it because it normalizes it for people and having it normalized is part of the thing where, you know, it will feel better for people yeah. who are in this situation. So I, I think, think 
as well, I have realised that it's really, really not normal at the moment. It's not normalised. I'm so lucky. So I've got four friends who are either doing IVF or have done IVF, both solo and in couples. Um, I've got friends who have done the egg collection and the embryo freezing, um, but haven't had the embryo transfer yet. Um, and I've got other friends that have done egg freezing as well. Plus I've got friends that are thinking about egg freezing. So they wanted to know every single bit of my journey. And then obviously I have all my best friends as well, who were so, so supportive. So because I had such, like I had a broadcast list on my WhatsApp for just sending like, just been for my scan. This is like, this is how many follicles. Just been for my scan. This is like, just had the collection. Da, da, da. I had a broadcast list of like 14 people plus two I was messaging on Instagram so I was so lucky that I had that many people that were interested then I forgot when I'd like see people I haven't seen for a year and then I walk up to them and I'm like oh I've just had two failed rounds of egg freezing and I'm on the injections now to do the third round and they're like oh um uh okay cool um how, how are they how are they making you feel oh okay cool anyway um and you forget that like because I'm so lucky to have that sort of like that that circle of people because one of my friends she um is doing solo IVF at the moment and she had never even thought about a fertility MOT um she'd always had her periods were up and down but then when I went for mine she then went for hers and I got a phone call from her one day last summer and um it was you know I, I she wouldn't normally phone me we're text friends she wouldn't normally phone me and she called me and I answered it and I was like hello she was like right I went for fertility MOT my AMH level's two it's now or never what do I do and I was like well now yeah I was like like it's now 100% I was like can you afford it and she was like I'm putting it all on credit cards and I'll just spend my life paying it off like it's I'd rather be in debt for the rest of my life and that's what annoys me about the whole financial thing is I un- it's really hard like everyone says you know, we're put on this earth to reproduce we're put on this earth to do but only if you meet a boyfriend mm. like only if you get married can you reproduce um and I think you're already on the back foot because you're already half the income of a couple mm. and then it's a big financial commitment to then raise a child again I'm talking to you like you don't know (laughs) and um but yeah so I think like it's so she's so she's paid up front for her first three rounds of IVF the first or IUI um and the first one didn't work but and it's and it's so hard because I want all the advice but I know not everyone does and you have to tread so carefully I think because I obviously and I have everyone's advice because I put it, I've got 1.1 million Instagram followers and I put on there that I'm freezing my eggs and I got three, 400 messages. I mean, a lot of them were saying, you need to talk to the store, can I? You need to talk to the store. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also when I put about, I think what, um, I obviously got 400 messages. And then when I posted about um, like how unfair it was that women on their own don't get IVF help, that's when like a couple of people were like, you need to speak to Mel. So I did, apology. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's so wrong that they don't get help. Like, even if you were like, okay, look, I'll buy the sperm. Yeah. Like, don't just give me that for free. I'll buy that and then just give me one go on the NHS. Because as well, it for a lot of people, it would be one go. Yeah. It's because it's not because you've got fertility problems. It's not as if, like, you know, I've had friends that have had three rounds of IVF on the NHS who have told who've been told they've got a two percent chance of conceiving 
and whereas a lot of people on their own it's just that they don't want to be with absolute dickheads it's it's, <laughs> it's so hard i mean i don't even know what the right answer is but it's so sad that people can't do it for financial reasons so you know i'm really fortunate um that i you know i'm in the financial position where i could do it but i know so many people finances are their real struggle and it's exactly what you said it's the treatment is the first thing but then raising a child on your own only having one income child yep. care child care is so ridiculously expensive yeah um so it's sad that it plays such a big role in this and some people i think definitely choose a dickhead because yeah. it's their only option because they can't you know viably do this because it's so expensive yeah um, i think i think everything in life i think we've just been conditioned i remember one of my friends and I like I can literally I mean I have a very good long term memory anyway but I can literally picture this exact scene just because it shocked me so much we were talking about buying houses like five years ago and my friend said yeah I'm gonna have to wait and meet a bloke so I can buy a house I was like what I'd rather live in a studio flat on my own than like I personally I'm I'm very lucky as well like my well I'm not very lucky my grandparents died but um like this my cousin was my other cousins on the other side were like you're so lucky you've got a house deposit and I'm like you still have four grandparents I have two so I'm not that lucky but I'm in a position where I can buy a house on my own but I I would never I don't think buy a house with someone I'd be like if I met someone tomorrow and I've just bought this house I'd probably be like okay you buy a flat and rent that out we'll rent my house out and then we'll rent a house together mine is mine and what's yours is yours there's no, and like people talk about like how disrespectful asking people to sign a prenup is i'm not getting married unless someone signs even if they've got more money than me or whatever and i like i haven't got like loads of money don't like but like what's mine is mine i've worked my money my parents especially like my parents got their own business and stuff and like i will be a, a director shareholder of it one day i'm not having some bloke come in wake up one morning, decide he wants to leave and then be like, oh, and I'm taking half your shares of your parents' bit. Nah. I think so many people will feel the same because particularly my listeners, have pro a lot of us have been single for a long time. And I was like, I'm totally open to meeting someone. They could come and move into my house if they just bring one suitcase and that's all they're having. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because it's mine and I like everything how it is and yeah. I think once you've been my, my, my best friend my gay best friend's gonna be my lodger at my house yeah and I'm having my third bedroom's being turned into a dressing room because I've got a dressing room at my family home so I've got to have one there obviously and he was like oh fab so I don't need to buy wardrobes then I was like no yeah ah. you, you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm having to depot my clothes because there's not enough room in the new house in the three-bedroom house there's not enough room for all my stuff um so. <laughs> so egg freezing talk to me about your experience so you said you had two failed rounds so yes so obviously i had my fertility mot last january um was like yeah i'll start freezing my eggs um i had like a couple of work things it wasn't a good time it wasn't a good time it's never a good time i would just say so just do it then crying happened and then obviously then we got let out of lockdown in the summer. I went out on the piss for six months and um, put on a lot of weight. Um, so <laughs> everyone's like lockdown weight. I'm like, no, lockdown, I got really, really uh, toned. And then I went out on the piss for six months. Then I was like, okay. So I thought about January and I thought January's a good time. Work was quiet in January. I can get it done. So I booked in. I think actually I tried to do it in November. 
for um for lockdown since we announced we're going to lockdown in november i literally called them like right i want to do it now and they were like we, look we'll be rushing it and we might miss something and we don't want to get all the way to you buying your meds and on the day you're supposed to start us realize we've missed something so let's do january um so we did january and i sort of panicked because i had calculated my period wrong and i was going to be in spain for new year and I was going to come on four days before I came home from Spain. So I emailed them at like three o'clock in the morning, like, hi, I've done that. I've done this wrong. I've ordered the medication. It's coming. And they were like, honestly, it's fine. Your medication keeps for three months anyway. And also, um, if you come like, you know, it's, it's until you've had full flow after midday. Um, so you might come on like two days after you think you're going to, and then we don't need to see you for the first three days, etc. So it might be all right. Anyway, then the Prime Minister of Spain obviously heard about my egg freezing <laughs> and banned us from going. Um, so luckily it was fine, but I did come on on the, 30, on the 30th. Right. So um, even earlier. So I went up for my first scan on New Year's Eve um, and they said, right, you need to start your medication on Saturday. So I do my medication, obviously 225 going on F in the evening. And then after a week, Fyramodel. In the morning, I started with 21 follicles. I was really happy. My friends have had done. We're like, wow, that's amazing. Went back a week later. Obviously, it went for sort of intermediate scans. A week later, it had gone down to nine. And I was a bit like, oh, okay. How have I lost that many in a week? But whatever. Um, I was like, nine's still good. Nine's still good. And someone might be double yokers. So, you know, you never know. Um, and then went back two days before my collection. And they were like, there's one egg. Um, or there's, there's one follicle. So you're going to get one egg. And I was like, what? So like, right, you need to come back tomorrow and we'll see if any of them are caught up. Um, but yeah, we might have to cancel it. So I basically went home, had a massive panic, was like, right, I need to do solo IVF next month. Next month, I'm going to do solo IVF. And <laughs> my mum was like, just calm down and go back tomorrow. I spoke to my godson's parents um, on FaceTime and I was like I'm gonna have I'm gonna start solo IVF next month next month I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I'm obviously like I'm obviously in a really bad f- fertile place and they were like right calm down you just bought a house like you've got other stuff you want to do this year with work once you have children they don't go away <laughs> um <laughs> and that it's sort of done once you've had them it's done next like next year next year if you really want to do it soon next year like a year doesn't sound like a long time but you can get a lot done in a year and then it'll also go quite quickly with like getting to us okay cool. so then went back the next day they're like yeah one egg let's cancel so i was like okay so i've got some questions got my phone i was first question am i def if i met someone am i definitely gonna need ivf because i can't have children they were like no it's just that the medication hasn't done what it's supposed to. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and this, and this, and this, and this, this. Like, is there any point in me trying to do this again? They're like, yeah, we'll do it again next month. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Never, t- never wanted to be dramatic. <laughs> um, so I went back to Victoria Station, got something to eat from every single place in Victoria Station, and took my buffet on the train, um, and was just really, really down. But I was like, you know what? Two weeks, that's fine. Two weeks till my next period we can do this so have my two weeks been like right i'm starting in two weeks starting in two weeks it's gonna happen this time got there starting with 15 follicles and the thing was i had been all i'd been giving it the big end because my friends who've had ivf were like just to warn you the 
period you're about to have is like something out of the exorcist um and i was like and i was like well i actually had a wednesday period because i came in on the saturday and then i I emailed on the saturday and they were like yeah that's fine come in monday so i was on on the saturday nothing on the sunday nothing monday mornings i was like i've actually had a one day period guys i've actually managed to get away with it they scammed me they were like yeah all of that has still come out and i was like great um and it was horrendous like horrendous um and so yeah so i then they were like look you're starting with 15 follicles we did 21 to 1 like there's no point starting with 15 your your hormones are obviously also in your body because you've only got 15 follicles and also the fact that your period is so up and down so let's not start this month let's start next month so i'm like okay so i didn't have any fizzy drinks any alcohol i had melatonin every night for the 30 days just three milligrams which is actually a child's portion it turns out um just to oxygenate the follicles and then yeah so i went back um they upped my dosage of gonal f to 350 and gave me a different trigger injection and i managed they got nine and five are frozen four we're waiting to see in the next few days whether they can be frozen or not what a journey yeah it's super important to share this because um i actually was um watching your interview with in with loose women when stacy solomon i thought made a really good point where she said i literally don't know what i thought but i thought naively they've just taken egg out and and actually once i researched it i realized that it's it's quite a lot more than that and yeah it's really important to share that it's not always straightforward and it can be a roller coaster can't it yeah and also so i'm not good in cars in the passenger seat so i always elect to drive everywhere because i hate being in the passenger seat so obviously I live in Worthing, uh, the clinics in London. Um, I would say like the clinic I used were absolutely amazing, but if you're going to do it, don't automatically think that London is better because when you're having to go every other day for scans, um, luckily I've been able to get cheaper train tickets, I won't say how, but, um, but yeah, going to London every other day for scans is it's just not the one so if you can get on closer to home I would um so obviously then I had my sedation said to my mum look you don't like driving in central London I don't like being in a car why don't you and Luke who's my gay best friend um drive to three bridges get the train in and then it's half an hour train and then 40 minutes of straight road driving like for me I'm like okay cool so we're on the train home and I'm like starting to get a bit hot I was like hmm I'm like, okay, a bit hot, a bit hot. So I'm going to have to take my mask off because I feel really sick. And this is making me feel sicker. And mum and Luke had both had teas from Nero and luckily they'd drunk them all because I was literally just grabbing these cups and vomiting into the cups, just filling that. And it was just, and I like then run out of cup room and just projectiled all over myself. But it was only water because obviously all I'd had, because I knew my mouth from that before, was just the water after I'd come round. I was just projectiling vomit like water on the train and this woman was sat across from us just like looking at me like I was like I'm really sorry I've just had my eggs frozen and I think I've got a reaction to the sedation this is when people walk past and say is that Amy from Love Island yeah <laughs> nothing to see here just projectiling over myself and then I said to him at least it wasn't in your car and he was like yeah, exactly <laughs> and did you at any part in the process consider freezing embryos rather than eggs no, because 
I do want to keep as much as I've like I think I'm keeping my options open by freezing my eggs anyway but like obviously I do want to meet someone like I'm not like I'm I'm very happy to have a baby on my own and I think sometimes I've sort of convinced myself that that is my decision because now I'm like oh god if I had to talk to someone about what I was going to call my child that'd be really annoying um but yeah I think I do want to meet someone so I feel like to buy the sperm and to do the embryos is sort of then shutting off any chance of because then what if I met someone and they were like okay your eggs aren't great quality so we're going to use your frozen ones but then it can't be your husband's because they're already some random man we don't know yeah no and totally understand I think one option you've got is to also freeze embryos so you've got both options so if you didn't yeah. you know you were saying oh I, I'm going to do solo IVF now yeah. you can do it but not have the transfer um, yeah I mean I hadn't thought about that so thank you for that but I so I was thinking about potential like depending on how many of these extra four progress and I'm going back for my um for my follow-up and stuff I might in the winter because obviously summer I want to just be having a lovely time um in the winter I might go once more I'm going to say to them like if I go again can I have the 350 can I have like that trigger and can I just do exactly the same thing again because if I can get another five then I could potentially embryo those so I've got five eggs and five embryos yeah true great I I think it's so difficult because so many people I speak to say yeah they just want to freeze eggs because they're doing it to extend the time that they've got to meet somebody because I think if we're honest most people's preference would be to meet a lovely guy and and do it together but you like you said you don't have to you don't want to have to rely on that happening but as well I think now I've done that I'm really happy with that but I think as well because I just for me it's not about like and I understand it's different for everyone but um you know I spoke to a lady the other day about and I said oh um if you like would you use donor eggs no absolutely not it's about it's about me um, and then I said to someone else, oh, would you adopt? And they're like, no, I'd use donor eggs, but I wouldn't adopt. Whereas with me, I'm like, families come in all different like shapes and sizes and families, like how you get there, like, you know, it's, it's all different. So I've always said like, if I had one and adopted one or had two or adopted two, like I, for me, it's, it's not really about sort of how we get there. It's just getting there. Yeah, I think that's another really important point. So something I'm always trying to say is that we should broaden our definition of family. So family is just, for me, amazing people that we surround ourselves by, that we choose. And some of them are relatives and some of them are friends that we think of as family. And, you know, we can broaden that definition. It doesn't have to be so like, this is what a family is. And I think once people start redefining what family means then again this will be more normalized as a as a path to parenthood yeah and um what reaction so I wanted to talk to you specifically about um a comment that was made that did cause this uproar in the solo mum community so I think um Syrah on Loose Women said to you I don't think anyone in their right minds would go into single parenting as a choice um and of course for my audience people were in uproar because um that's exactly (laughs) what people are doing um for many different reasons your response by the way i thought was brilliant because you said 
something along the lines of you know you, you don't feel like you're doing it on your own you've got the support of your family yeah your and also I always when people say that I always say like at least if you know from the beginning you're set up I've had friends whose like boyfriends have walked out when the baby's eight weeks old when they're six months pregnant like at that point you've got a small person and you're trying to negotiate okay so how do I pay my bills how do I pay now a full mortgage instead of a half mortgage etc yeah and that's not what you signed up for you didn't go into yeah. it whereas exactly if you and and I think that solo mums are so prepared people come I run a group coaching course people come on a group coaching course to prepare themselves like it's not like they're willy-nilly going into this they're really thinking it through did you get any you know reactions from it did you know what did what did people think about that comment you know um, I don't know. The thing is, like, Syra is a really lovely woman and she did look after me when I did lose women. Um, and I think it's, like I said at the beginning, like, it's never been an issue in our house because it's never been a, if worse comes to the worst, you can do this. It's always been a positive, it's always been framed very positively. Syra has got a husband, has got two children. Her husband, I think, works away sometimes so then she has to go from being like a duo parent to a solo parent and probably finds that quite stressful so she's just going on her and also she's like she's a different generation to me I think it is becoming a lot more um a lot more uh, accepted now I don't think it should have to be accepted because you do you but um but yeah I mean I I get a lot of messages from people being like thank you for speaking about this like you know I, I've done it. I wish I'd done It's really sad. Most of the messages I get are, I wish I'd done it. And I've got friends who I was at a press night party um, the night before I went on Loose Women to talk about the results of my fertility MOT. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's in her 50s. And I said, I need to go in a minute because it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm on Loose Women tomorrow. Um, and she said, what are you on there for? And I said, oh, because I'm going to freeze my eggs. And she literally grabbed my hands and was like, you have to do it for me. You have to do it because I went to the doctor when I was 40 and he basically told me to stop being so selfish and to stop concentrating on my career so much. Wow. And so I never pursued it. She's like, so please, for me... And like, I obviously used to fly and there was a lot of women who dedicated their life to being for air hostesses who never met the right person to have children with, um, who say to me, you know, Amy, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Yeah. Because like, you know. Definitely the saddest messages I've received are from people who said, I wish you'd existed in my life 10 years ago to yeah. fly the flag for this to be an option because then maybe things would have been very different for me. Maybe I would have realised I had different choices because I have a massive regret of not having yeah. children in my life. And you just think, oh, you know, we don't want anyone to regret anything, do we? We want them to yeah. have options. But at the same time, I promised my friends that I will never become one of those people that's like... Um, thing is guys like you just really don't know you're alive until you've had a child like honestly they are wagging up in the morning and I'm like well I've got up every day for 28 years without a child so I must be like some sort of beacon of light 
So I'm like, I promise you, I will never, ever be like that. <laughs> I, I find it difficult. It is a difficult balance to get because I'm trying to show people what the reality of being a yeah. parent is. And it's a really hard reality because you don't want to be like, oh, my life's so hard. I'm not sleeping. I'm so tired. Yeah. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm so blessed. My child's so amazing. Yeah. So it's almost like trying to find that balance is sometimes quite difficult. But um, yeah. I think it's really important if people are looking at you um, yeah. you know on my Instagram account I don't want to portray a fairy tale version of yeah. it because then people are signing up and I don't want people coming to me a year later and saying what the hell this is not what you said it was yeah. um, so it's a hard balance to get sometimes yeah I mean I um I did an interview the other week and I mentioned Fern McCann and Lydia Bright um and Lydia messaged me and said like I would you know like I wouldn't I do not regret doing this journey on my own obviously she didn't plan to do it on her own but she ended up doing it on her own but like they you know they she still lived at her mum and dad's and then she's moved I think she's moved back to her own house now but I think she'd locked down with them obviously she's bubbled with them um and she's like she's so close to all her family as well she's like it's the best thing ever that's interesting. I follow Fern McCann and uh, I think her daughter's very similar age to my daughter. And, and uh, um, yeah, yeah uh, so I follow her journey. I, I didn't realise Lydia um, was on her yeah. own. So I think it's really great when you have these people in the public eye who are showing yeah. how you can do it on your own. It's, it's really great to see. Yeah. Fab, um, what advice would you have for people? So if anyone's considering, I suppose if anyone's thinking... I'm worried I'm going to miss out on motherhood or will I be able to meet someone or is considering egg freezing? What, what advice would you give them? Um, yeah, I'd say definitely do it. Um, tomorrow never comes. Um, I've had so many people when I say, oh, I'm freezing my eggs at the moment. First thing, you're only 28. Why are you doing that? But you're a baby. You're a baby yourself. Why are you freezing your eggs? And then I'm like, oh, because it's early menopause in my family. Oh, okay. That's okay. Then I'm like, okay, as long as it's right with you. Um, but like I've got friends who are like 39 that were like, oh, I should probably freeze my eggs too. And I'm like, no, you're like, <laughs> like, you, like, no, you need to just go, go for it now. Um, so I think definitely do it. Um, obviously work out the 10 years thing um, because I don't want anyone to do it too early because obviously it's a lot of money. I really, really hope that that legislation would, within that 10 years, I really, really hope that that legislation would change. Although I think they, they, are, they are working on it because they freeze them differently now. So they freeze them to like a glass-like state rather than a, a, like a, like a icy, if that makes sense. Um, so that they have more success with them when they come out. Um, but like I'm seven and a half grand in at the moment because I was like 4,800 for the first lot, then an extra 1,500 for the second lot of medication, and then an extra 500 for extra medication, plus 70 pound for a COVID test, plus 150 pound for some extra blood tests. Um, so I'm, yeah, seven and a half grand in at the moment, plus um, a facility MOT is 400 pounds. If you're not thinking about doing it in the next sort of year, two years, I would say save your money for IVF because that is even more expensive. <laughs> uh, but I would say if you're, if you're just trying to buy yourself some time for like five, six years and definitely, definitely do it because you've got time to accumulate that money back. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent do it and just don't listen to what people say and just try not get 
over bugged down by all the advice because i have people being like oh you need to go for reflexology you need to go for reiki you need to go for acupuncture you need to do this you need to eat this you need to eat that i'm very lucky i have a nutritionist who i can call whenever i need um so we're actually going to do a thing about fertility um because there's so many myths so many myths um like everyone's still going vegans like the best thing for everything go plant-based for everything when i said i was doing veganuary alongside egg freezing she was like you need to have yogurt three times a week and two fillets of salmon a week all of the the different you need like the supplements everyone's like you need to take this you need to take this you need to take that i think you can't get too bogged down with it all because as my nutritionist said crackheads get pregnant you're true yeah (laughs) So much advice. Sometimes yeah. you don't know what to think. So I always think just get you like three or four trusted. This yeah. is who I think speaks sense. Let me listen to those and then let me sort yeah. of, all these people are well-meaning, thank you, but I can't have all of this advice. So always just get you like a couple of trusted people that you listen to. I think as well, um, for me, like flying was a big thing. When I was at work, I was obviously very young and there was a time where loads of like the 35-year-old girls were all doing IVF. And I just thought like, oh yeah, like, but then I've had so many messages from girls being like, flying ruins your body, mm-hmm. like being crew. So it's like, if any crabbing crew are listening, drink your water because it's the dehydration. It dehydrates everything, including like your ovaries. That's a good top tip for people. And sleep sleep is so important i think i have such a bad sleeper but melatonin's changed my life <laughs> <laughs> i think what's super important that you've mentioned is it's strange that people say you're too young because because you almost you almost can't be too young apart yeah. from the 10 year thing that i know we've talked about so you can yeah. only please them at the moment for 10 years but from a fertility point of view from a i did a podcast with professor joyce harper and yeah. and she was you know she she knows about the medical side of this and she was like you know you, you want to be doing it in your 20s because that's when your eggs are at their best quality yeah. so, um, if you've got the meat and you want to give yourself that bit of extra protection um definitely I don't think people can say you're too young but I know already like we always joke about the fact that like my friends have to be like oh I have to check with my mom if they can have my kids I know that when I have children it will be like I need to check my mom and dad that I can get the kids back for that um because it will literally be like, and my dad's like, yeah, we'll be going down to a barn house every week. They'll be coming home with like more rubbish. I'm very lucky because if my friends can't come out because they can't get a babysitter, the first thing my mum asks is, well, where's her mum? So I'm like literally just storing all this up and ready to use it. Like when we were, um, me and my friend were really hungover, we went to the like local tennis club in Spain and like there was all these kids there and like the mums were having, been in the pool the whole time and that like, they couldn't sit down they couldn't have a drink like it was very stressful for them all and we're like sat there like eddie and patsy like oh my god we're never like no maybe maybe egg freezing is not for me oh my god no so i text my family group chat like just so you know i don't think i'm gonna have children after being at the tennis club all day today <laughs> I replied that's why you take the grandparents on holiday i was like screenshot email to myself like save to external <laughs> hard drive um like just just know that I'm like just know that I've got that written down mum and I think that's super lucky whatever the situation you have children with you know partner or no partner having yeah. the help of grandparents is a game changer you know well, I think 
my mum my mum was 22 when she had me my nanny was 44 and my granny was 54 and like I was first grandchild on one side and then the other side it was my granny and granddad had four boys then a grandson and then me um so I was like this like sent from heaven girl um so my grandparents like my nan had me two days a week when i went back to work my granny had me the other two days they would alternate weekends um so mum and dad could still go out and stuff because they just loved being grandparents i think my mum like is aware that she benefited a lot from grandparent childcare. Yeah. And you, what's brilliant is you seem just very open about that. Some um, people who've decided on solely motherhood have a bit of a hang up about how much they're asking their parents to help because they're like, oh, I feel like I'm asking my parents to help so much because I haven't got a partner. Whereas actually, if you can be like, bring it on grandparents, come and help me yeah. as much as you can. Everyone is happy if, if you're lucky enough to be in that situation. Well, before I bought my house, um, so I've obviously got like a bedroom and a dressing room um, and we like my medication arrived and mum said we were eating dinner mum just went you're sure you definitely want to do egg freezing and I was like yeah like how are you so I mean like egg freezing or are you sure you don't want to just go straight for the baby or and I was like what and, and live here she was like yeah we can change the dressing room into a nursery um, <laughs> I, was like, I was like no it's fine mum I'll move out and then you can just come around and help but what's brilliant is you know that that whenever you make a decision about what to do whenever time you're ready your mum's 100% behind you yeah it must be really nice to be in that yeah where you, you know you'll have that help oh well thank you so much it's been so great to chat to you I think it'll be so thank reassuring you. for so many people I would love to start like um sort of just like I don't know how I'd go about doing it but I think because as well there's not much about egg freezing like support wise because obviously when you decide to have IVF like in six weeks time your life could change like irreversibly whereas when you're egg freezing then you go back to your normal life so you have all of that build up you have all of that stress and everything and then it's like and you're now back to normal life that's so true yeah and also you've now got these eggs and then maybe what's on your mind is so what does that mean? Have I got enough eggs? Well, yeah. what's going to, you know, it's That's not, it's, like, it's, it's five enough. I'm like greedy. I'm like, well, I wanted 10 and I've only got five. So do I need to go again? Or do I just be happy with my five? It's like, um, on Ant and Deck when they stay, stay or play. It's like, <laughs> do I stick with my five or do I go for the 10? Yeah. And going for the 10 is not a cheap option, you know, it but I think it's a really good point because actually um, you might think I'm going to do egg freezing and then that's it done I've got those eggs. whereas actually it's kind of like not the end then you're so right you've done it and then you're a bit like okay, now what like, and also like the money racks up as well because so I'm seven and a half grand in at the moment I found because I'm obviously clearing out all of my stuff from my family home I found like my pack from London Women's Clinic so I've paid for the egg freezing, but now I've got the storage charges. I've got the um, the defrostation charges. I've got the embryo transfer charges. I've got the, you know, it's it's an ongoing expense. So it's like, do I actually just stick with the five or do I take the hit now? And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot to think about. Well, we look forward to following your journey. I think it's great that you're sharing it. Uh, I think it'll really help a lot of people. Thank you. 
If you've enjoyed this episode of the Stalker Night podcast, I'd hugely appreciate if you rate, review and subscribe. I look forward to seeing you again next week.